As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping... Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Dr. Mark Roberts. He's the executive director of the Max Dupree Center for Leadership at Fuller Seminary in California. In this role, he is the primary author of Life for Leaders, a daily email devotional sent out to over 7,000 subscribers. Mark is the author of several books, including No Holds Barred, Wrestling with God in Prayer. Uh, how many of us do that, BC Nation? We wrestle, we wrestle with God, my will versus thy will. And most recently, uh, Mark uh, authored a commentary on Ephesians in the Story of God commentary series. Before coming to Fuller, Mark served as senior pastor for a church in Irvine, California, and senior director of Lady Lodge in Texas. Mark is committed to helping people discover how biblical wisdom can inform and transform 
every part of your life. He and his wife, Linda, an executive coach and spiritual director, have two grown children and one very enthusiastic dog. They love hiking in the mountains and hanging out with family and friends. You can find Mark, Dr. Mark, at Dupree.org. Dupree.org. Mark, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thanks, Joseph. Uh, and thanks for having me on. It's really, it's really fun to be on this podcast, and I appreciate what you're doing. Man, gaps in that. Uh, you know, that kind of describes what I do and somewhat my relationships. Uh, I, I guess the stuff I, I, I didn't share at that point was just that I'm also somebody who's walked with the Lord for a long time, thanks uh, to his grace. And, and yeah, I, but still feel like I'm in some ways just beginning, just beginning to grow as a Christian, just beginning to know God, God better. So, I mean, I grew up in a Christian family. I actually officially, as we would say in our tradition, received Christ when I was six years old at a Billy Graham crusade, and by God's grace have walked with him for a long time. So there, uh, so the things I do in my life are an expression of that, that faith and that relationship, but that's really the, the core, or you could say the foundation for who I am. Mm. So good. Thank you for that. And Billy Graham, God rest his soul. That's a man who uh, really discipled other souls, really stepped in with courage, boldness, bringing God to the world. He wasn't perfect. None of us are. But man, he went all in, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And, yes, and that's, that's so great. He touched your life. Fantastic. All right. So take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Huh. You know, it's kind of, that's kind of funny because you mentioned that I, I write these Life for Leaders daily devotions and we send them out to a lot of folks. And I'm pretty open about my stuff in those. So if people read those, they know my hopes and fears and some of my bad habits and, and, and some of my victories and my loves. So, okay, here's something. So most people probably wouldn't know that I love the movie Groundhog Day. And it, I watch it almost every year, usually on Groundhog Day. And, uh, it, and I love that movie. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a movie about redemption. I mean, I love Bill Murray. He's a funny actor. But it's really about the redemption of a life. And I, I love that redemptive story. So it's funny, uh, but it also it encourages me to think about my own life and how I'm living and, and uh, keep growing. Mm, so good. And I want you to know that's my birthday. Groundhog's Day. Really? February 2nd? Yeah. Man. Look well, at that. Awesome. So thank you for the, the you know. I, you got a free plug tribute. There. Next year, you'll get a lot of presents from all your listeners. <laughs> there you go. Groundhog's Day in, in the, uh, the Catholic tradition. That's also the uh, feast of the presentation of the Lord, right? When yes. they bring the child Jesus right. to the temple and give him to God the Father, you know, and or otherwise called baptism, et cetera. Right. right. And um Really cool, right? And and I'm like, God, why why did you pick that day? <laughs> like, what does that tell about my story? So anyway, yeah. very fascinating. I believe how we are named really has clues um, into the calling God's put on our life. Mm. When mm. we were born, sometimes has clues, and it, mm -hmm. it's always uh, I've always been curious about that. All right, let's mm. get into your story, Mark. 
I really want to get curious with you. Uh, two things I want to hear a little bit about your spiritual journey. Uh, and then we're going to go into the, the topic for today. And BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, I want you uh, to stay engaged because Mark's going to contribute powerfully to something I, a topic I think you're curious about, I know I'm curious about, which is really how do you um, engage, right? How, do you, how does Mark specifically help people in or entering in the third third of their life, meaning, right, the boomer generation, to realize that God wants to do amazing things in and through them. So if you're in that stage or entering into that stage, and maybe you've tapped out, maybe you're, you're in a spiritual rut, maybe you just think like, well, this is it, you know, I'm living a good life, this is about as far as I'm going to go and grow uh, in my spiritual walk with the Lord. Well, Mark's here to say, no, that's not the case at all. Uh, that's a lie in your own mind. God is always growing his children uh, in deeper relationships. So I really want to hear about that. We're going to get into that subject. But Mark, first, let's go deep here. Uh, you were raised in what tradition? Kind of paint us a quick little picture of your, your adolescence and then into your 20s and 30s up to present day. Yeah, you bet. So I, I was, I mentioned, I actually sort of gave my life to Christ, as we would say at a Billy Graham crusade when I was six years old. And, you know, by God's grace and the wisdom of my family, we went to a really great church in Southern California, First Presbyterian Church of Hollywood, where I, you know, I not only learned the Bible and was taught by some really, really faithful older people, my Sunday school teachers and all, but it really was, it was a Christ-centered church, and it was not a divisive stuff that Christians do. Uh, so I grew up with a really positive experience of what it is to be a Christian, what it is to be a part of a church. And, you know, of course, I, you know, struggled with stuff along the way and had went through seasons of doubt when I was a teenager. I was really thoughtful about faith and really wrestled with whether it was true or not and, and found some real help there, and God reached out. And really, when I was in college, uh, went through a time of deep doubt and, and really out of that time had a powerful encounter with God through the Spirit and really sensed God's presence in a way I'd never had before in my life. So sort of on the foundation of belief and faith was now this experience of God that was real and really transformative to my life. And out of that came the conviction that I wanted to do whatever I did in my life for God. And at that point, I you know, wasn't at all sure what that would, would mean. I, um, I ended up, first of all, in an academic track, sort of studying scripture in a, in a PhD program, thought I'd be a professor, and then God sort of turned my heart more toward the church. I loved working with, I mean, you talk about broken Catholic. I, I, I really, I think in my own brokenness, came to realize how much God has to, sh to, to, give to those of us who are broken, which is all of us. And I loved being with people in the real stuff of life. So ended up as a pastor for about 25 years. Um, and in that, you know, so much of my own personal faith was also caught up in my experience with God as I was uh, seeking to, to serve him, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Got married. You mentioned my wife is a spiritual director and executive coach, a great partner in this uh, journey of faith. We ended up with a with two children. We actually went through a pretty long season of infertility that was one of the hardest times of our life and one really learning to trust God with, with scary things, but we're blessed with a couple of kids. And, 
you know, so I'm a pastor and I've got a good family and it's, you know, it's really a good life. And then when I got about 50, it felt like God started messing around with me and ended up calling me and my family to Texas, where I worked for a great organization, Lady Lodge, a retreat center and a renewal ministry in Texas. And, you know, just when we were really getting settled there and it felt like, man, this is really a great place to be. All of a sudden, God sort of messed with me again. I end up at Fuller Seminary. Uh, and so, so much of my life has been about learning to be more open to what God has for me. You talk about surrender. That's, that's, I mean, there'd be another way to put it. Learning to surrender my agenda, my hopes, my vision for my life to God, believing that God is faithful and trustworthy and loves me more than, than I could ever imagine. Uh, I, I'm still growing in that, still learning, but, uh, I, I'd say that I, I, continue to discover God's amazing faithfulness. Mm. You know, what I take away from that whole story is God is waiting on us to surrender our agenda. That's really what it comes down to, because we all have this inner control freak uh, inside of us that wants to control all these areas of our life. Uh, And if we look at our life, we want to ask two basic questions. I, I say with a lot of my coaching clients is, is it working? Yeah. Is it not That's, working? It's so true. I, I mean, there was one of the most, so I don't, I don't tend to be one of those people who hear from God verbally very often. I, I know there are people who are, and I, I trust that. For me, it's different. But one of the times that happened, it was a lot of years ago, and I was serving as an associate pastor in a church. It was doing great. I love the work. And this, uh, uh, a person from a search committee from another church called me and said, uh, you know, blah, 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 we're interested in maybe if you'd want to come to be our pastor. And I was getting ready just to say, no, thank you, you know, I'm not interested. And, and literally, it was one of the times, and I, what I heard almost verbally, I mean, I almost heard it with my ears, was this, you're not open to my will for your life, are you? Oof. And that hit I you just, in the gut. oh, it did. I, I must have been silent for 10 seconds. I didn't know what to say. And finally, I said, uh, I think I have to pray. And he said, well, that'd be good. We like, we, we agree with prayer. And, you know, I hung up. I thought, what? Because partly I'm not, I don't generally have that experience. And partly I realized, oh my gosh, that's true. I did not stop at that moment, even to think about whether God had a, some other plan for my life. And I, I realized I, I am not open. And that began that really was a huge turning point in my life. Uh, and, and I, like I say, I'm, I'm still learning to do that. I, I still get my, you know, my plans, my agenda, uh, in, in first place a lot. So I'm, I'm regularly working on how can I give over to God all that I can. Can you repeat to us again, what you heard or sense God saying to you? Yeah. You are not open to my will for your life. Are you? <laughs> it was that clear. And uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, a, a transformational, really a watershed moment. Mm. Uh, and I, I, you know, I think if God were to speak to me today, he'd say, well, you're a little more open. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting closer, getting you're, warmer. You're learning, but you got a long way to go. Well, listen, in the spiritual space, getting warmer could be the opposite direction we want to go. Oh, that's, you know, you know, did you get what you know, I just did there? Depends on what we mean, right? <laughs> exactly. So BC Nation, what a great contribution from Mark uh, to you, to I. 
you are not open to my will for your life, are you? And if we just sit with that, our Heavenly Father saying it right now to your heart, saying it to my heart right now, how would we answer that? Hmm. Like if we're being real, not being showy, not being having pretenses or pretending with a mask and telling God what we think he wants to hear. But if we just get real about what's real with him, how would you answer if God, the father put on you right now, you're not open to his will for your life. Are you, I think that's, that's worth taking 10 seconds like Robert did. I really do because that could be that watershed moment that you've been praying for. And maybe it just happened here on this show. Mark, thank you for contributing that. I know that's vulnerable for you to do. Um, I also want to say to BC Nation, if you're at a, a season in your life right now where you're waiting on the Lord for something, uh, maybe you're waiting for the business to take off. Maybe you're waiting uh, like Mark and his wife uh, for a baby. Uh, you're going through infertility, which seems to be more and more common nowadays. Um, I have friends that are going through that and they cry, you know, at night, you know, waiting on the Lord. I just want to contribute Psalms 27, 14. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. You notice he says it twice, <laughs> which I find it fascinating. But he's saying in the meantime, while you're being patient, waiting on the Lord, be brave and courageous. So there's something to do there. Be brave and courageous but know that God is always faithful in his promises. All right, so Mark, let's jump into our deeper conversation here. Um, over 50, if I'm over 50 right now in my life, my listener right now, they're over 50, they're sitting in their bedroom, they're listening to the show, they're on a treadmill at the gym, listening to the show, they're driving to work or from work. What do you want to say to them about what God wants to do in and through them? Even now at this, uh, as my uh, friend said just recently, uh, they're in the double overtime of their life. Great question. Well, I think the big thing is that God has only begun with you. Uh, you know, the cultural story often is that we, you know, we, we're sort of going in, uh, in an upward direction as we grow and we study and we learn and we're building our business, we're building our families, we're, we're moving up. And then we kind of peak at around 50. And then it's kind of downhill, downhill in productivity, downhill in, in health or vibrancy of life. And there's sort of this vision of, of sort of you lose significance and you lose impact that is not the biblical story of who we are, who, who God has created and redeemed us to be. That God has uh, great plans for each and every one of us, that God will do things in and through us. In Ephesians 3, uh, 20, it talks about God who is able to do through us more than all we could ask or imagine. And so part of what I'd want to say to anybody who's in the third third of life or approaching that, actually any season of life, uh, but especially season of life where we think we might have sort of timed out uh, is that God can do more than you can ask or imagine through you in you. And he's only beginning. So what have you seen specifically uh, with some of the people you've had the opportunity to work with? Uh, what have you seen? What might be an example or two uh, that you could give right now to our listener 
um, where you worked with someone who thought they were peaked at 50 and there was still so much more God wanted to do through them. And then you got to witness it. Like when they shifted that mindset um, and, and stopped buying into that lie that they're spiritually done or complete or at the top. um, But they were only halfway there. Right. And God had so much more. What happened? Give us like a before and after example. Do you have one for us? Sure. Well, I think of a man I, I knew some years back who, uh, had been a, a, a lifelong Marine, very successful in the Marines, uh, a, a man of God, a, a strong Christian man. He was an elder in the church, but a pretty tough, hard-hearted kind of guy. So faithful, solid, you know, sort of almost your stereotype of a, of a strong Marine. And I, I had served with him in some places and knew him and you know, honestly, he wasn't my favorite person because he wasn't very tender-hearted, and I, I think I probably sort of put him in that category of okay, he's done, God's done with him. Uh, and one day at a actually after a, after a time of communion, we had an opportunity to pray for people in the church. I was on the staff then, and this guy came forward to me for prayer, and I'm thinking all along, oh, you know, I don't really like this guy, but I'm gonna have to pray for him. And he comes up to me, huge tears in his eyes. And he says, I'm 75 years old, and I feel like I've wasted my life, and God can't do anything with me. I don't like who I am. I, I don't know what to do. And I got to tell you, first of all, I just had to repent massively from my hardness of heart toward him. And then to pray with all open-heartedness, Lord, do in this brother what you want to do. And and I saw a transformation in him that was astounding. So he went from a, a pretty hard-hearted man to a deeply tender man, from someone who was mostly living for himself and his comfort in retirement, which he had earned, you know, a, a, as the cultural narrative would go, to somebody who got deeply engaged in the city around the church. We had a lot of people struggling with poverty and other things. He got engaged with, with children who were uh, really uh, had no privilege in life. And and I watched Fred, was his name, live his last 10 or so years, 75 to about 85, with such a wholeheartedness and vitality and joy. Uh, amazing to see what God can do if we just give ourselves over to him. So he was one of my first of saying, you know, there is more to quote unquote retirement. There's more to what we call the third third of life than the cultural narrative says, or even sometimes the church narrative. Because sometimes the church narrative says, well, what are we gonna do with the seniors? Well, you know, they, we need to give them field trips and we need to care for them when they're in a hard place. Absolutely, we, we need to have great care. But this is one of the greatest talent pools we have, one of the greatest sources of wisdom and, um, and, and often energy and strength. Uh, so there is great, great potential for folks in the third third. Mm. I really appreciate that. And thank you for the example and the story of Fred. What an amazing example for each of us listening right now, regardless of our age. I'd like you to go a little deeper in that story with Fred, if you can, with us and give us the top three spiritual tips, top three spiritual strategies that perhaps Fred did to switch, to go from that tapped out. Yeah. Uh, guy to that 
vi- uh, right. the guy full of vitality and service to others. Yeah. So that my listener, if they want to do that right now, here's the three steps for them. Well, the first thing, and you know, this was the spirit's work in him, but was just to see himself as he was. You know, in the story of the the prodigal son, it says, you know, he came to himself, and then he he went home, and and Fred came to himself, and he saw himself, and he was honest first of all, with himself, and he was honest with the Lord, then he was honest with me. So number one, there, there is that honest appraisal. This is who I am. And uh, went with that, and I'm not altogether happy with all of whom I, who I am. And, and so there is that. And then it's, you know, the classic word is repentance, which often gets laden with a lot of stuff, but repentance is really just turning. It, it's turning our life. And it, it's first of all, turning to the Lord, which is exactly what Fred did. I mean, this this moment for him came after he'd received uh, the, the Lord's Supper. He'd, he'd had communion. And, and so he was turning to Christ. And, and so there's, there was that awareness and acknowledgement and then the turning. And then it was this, I mean, it's your word, it's surrender. I mean, he gave, he'd been a Christian a long, long time. But in that moment, he gave himself, he surrendered his life to Jesus as he never had before. And then was there was an openness to him uh, for whatever God would do in him and through him. And God took his heart and led his heart into some amazing things. So if you wanted the three, so it was acknowledgement, it was repentance in the biblical sense, and then it's surrender. Man, I love it. (laughs) Acknowledge, repent, and surrender. Acknowledge, repent, and surrender. Do you remember how specifically he surrendered? Was there a specific prayer he did? Did he give you any insight into that? Because a lot of us, that's where we get jammed. Yeah. Well, I mean, so one of the things that was part of that is he went to someone else. I, it happened to be me. Uh, it, it, he wasn't just alone sort of surrendering. It, you know, when you say to somebody else, I, I really want to give my whole life to Christ in a new way, you mean it differently. So there was that that. And he also then began to share it with some of the others, some of his, especially brothers in Christ, who could walk with him and pray for him and help him and help him be accountable to be the person that he really wanted to be. So he wasn't alone. Uh, You know, obviously there's a a deep place in which we meet God one-on-one, but the Christian life is meant to be lived in deep community with other people as well. And, and he did that. And, and that, sort of kept him going and provided the support and the encouragement uh, for him to begin to live in a new way. So what I'm hearing you say is that fraternity, having that brotherhood around him of godly men and him being fully transparent and just real and raw with them. Hey, this is where I'm at. I don't like where I'm at. Here's where I want to go. How do I get there? Right. I mean, and I've seen in other places, we're talking here about third, third, but I, I, years ago, I was in a group of pastors. We were younger in the second third of life and we got pretty real with each other. And I remember one time, one of my fellow pastors said, you know, I am uh, so attracted to a woman in my church. Uh, She's not my wife. She's attracted to me. We haven't done anything, but this is eating me up, and I need to share this with you guys. And and we went with we walked with him through a hard road. Again, the same thing. So he he acknowledged what was true. 
he was beginning that repentance. That was a hard turn. It didn't just immediately happen. But he, he let, uh, in this case, these uh, uh, brothers walk with him. He ended up literally um, leaving his parish uh, because he, he just felt like he, he couldn't stay in it and be faithful to his wife. Uh, he and his wife got some counseling and help. Today, he is a thriving pastor. He's been faithful to his wife all the way through. They have a stronger marriage. But in that same group, there was another guy struggling with the same thing who never shared it with us. And he ended up going a very different route and, and being unfaithful to his wife. And, and so I, I'm not saying sharing with people is all the solution, but it's part of what God gives us to help us really live to be the people that God has created us to be. Mm. So to clarify what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is that, you know, if you're, if we're wrestling with something, it's, it's crucial that we go to trusted brothers or sisters that are godly um, yes. and confide in them and lean into them, um, bring it to God first, but then use that Christian community around us that God set up the body of Christ, right? Jesus set that up his church on earth. Because he knows we need that human uh, support when we're about to fall. And I, I really like that, that polarity of uh, one guy went left. Uh, yeah. Both guys were headed left. One yeah. guy leaned and asked for directions and ended up going right in his life. And then the other guy didn't ask for directions, meaning he didn't get transparent and vulnerable with those godly brothers. And yeah. he went to a place, and, you know, maybe that's tough to recover and, from. It is. Well, and, and, and I, I'm sure it was the shame. He was ashamed. He felt a deep shame, and he just couldn't open up about that. Whereas the other, the other guy was also ashamed, uh, but he was willing to put that shame on the line uh, for his, his healing and growth for the sake of his church and his marriage, and, and God honored that. Mm. That's so powerful. And BC Nation, maybe you're wrestling with something right now. You're going through a struggle. There's a big temptation there. You don't want to go down that road, but you don't know how not to. Um, I think Dr. Mark is, is giving you the solution right now. You really want to look at your why. What's important to you in your life? Um, is your spouse more important than your public image? Is your, is your, are your children and your family life and your relationship with God more important than admitting to someone, hey, I'm struggling with this? Like really get clear, where's your priorities at? Because if your status uh, is your God, then God will give you more of what you want. And, and that may not be where you actually want to go, but God's going to allow it because you're choosing it freely. Right. So I, I just offer that. Mark, we got to wrap this up. This show is great. So we're speaking with Dr. Mark Roberts. You can find him at depree.org, depree.org. That's D E P R E E.org. And Mark, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. All right. Do we get extra points? All right. Extra points, points doubled here. You get, you get a crown in heaven, brother. Here All, right. Go. All right. All right. Let's, so let's I'm go. going to ask you 10 <laughs> quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? All right. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us. Yes. What's your least favorite thing? 
God says, my ways aren't your ways. <laughs> His ways aren't my ways. <laughs> they're so far above ours. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know they're right, but sometimes it's a little hard to really get that. Yeah. It's like, God, I know you're right, but I can't relate. <laughs> yeah. What are you most afraid of? You know, in this season of life, uh, not using for the best for God's kingdom, the gifts and opportunities he's given me. Yeah. I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? <laughs> Watching stupid television. Come on, VZ Nation, turn off the boot. <laughs> it's so much worse now, too. There were only like five channels when I was in my 20s. Now five there's 5,000. Like now there's 5,000 temptations. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh, you know... I, 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 my fear would be that people would not approve of me. It's even, it's even a little different from being liked, but I, I, I fear something in me that wants people to approve of me. Yeah, I got it. Welcome to humanity, brother. Yeah. All right. So while you're being real and transparent, we're mm -hmm. all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. What are you currently struggling with either personally or professionally? Well, actually, it's, it's connected to the approval. So because I want people's approval, I tend to take on more than I can really handle well. And so I become overcommitted and overstretched and exhausted because I, I don't want to disappoint somebody by saying, no, I really can't do that. So mm. overcommitment that comes from needing approval. You know, first off, thanks for sharing that. That's real. And uh, it's such a lie as well, you know, that the enemy puts in our mind that, oh, I got to say yes to everything in order to keep that acceptance approval. But when in fact, when I say yes to everything, then I show up half-assed in everything because I'm overcommitted and exhausted, yeah. which then puts me out of integrity with all those people. And I let them all down. Like, <laughs> Yep. It's such a like, you, what? You, you sound a lot like my spiritual director. That's what he keeps reminding me of. <laughs> That's kind of what I do. So, all right. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? <sighs> well, I, I could always tell you that God is trustworthy, but I, I wish I had known that more deeply in my soul. I wish, I mean, I'm still growing in that. Yeah. God's trustworthiness. Got it. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, I'm trying to go to bed sooner. I'm, I'm, I'm wired to stay up late. And uh, generally, there's nothing of value in my life that happens after 10 o'clock. And so I'm trying to uh, go to bed earlier and, and get up earlier too, but it's really going to bed on time. Mark, stop being a nocturnal Christian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what's, a, what's a bad habit you want to break? Oh, well, that's easy. So if I stay up late, then I want to eat. So not eating uh, at, at late at night. Got it. That's an interesting connection. Makes sense. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Okay. Um, uh, thoughtful. And I hope in both senses the word that I think and I'm thoughtful in, in relationship. And so caring. And then uh, I guess a leader. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. <laughs> Well, if we, if we mean that literally, I was five years old. So, but let's, let's say as I've uh, earlier in my, my walk, um, needy, so needy of affirmation, needy of approval, needy, 
anxious, very anxious, and somewhat arrogant, thinking I had all the answers. Got it. Maybe last, even very, very arrogant, I guess, to be more honest. Got it. And last question, Mark, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? Well, this is probably two things, but it would be a short sentence. So trust the God who really, really loves you. Trust the God who really, really loves you. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Well, you know, I, I referred to it earlier. So that absolutely the Christian life isn't just a matter of belief or, you know, doing the right things. It's fundamentally relationship with God, but, and also with God's people that we're not to be solitary Christians. We need to live in community with God and with God's people. So relationships. So, so are you, you, are you saying to me right now, Joseph, you can't say you love God and then hate his children? Well, yeah, that, he kind of said that in First John, actually. So, yes. <laughs> yes. And what I'm also hearing you say, Joseph, you can't say you truly love God and are in relationship with God, but then you're isolating yourself from others, not going to church, right. et cetera, and just having your own personal relationship with God. Sure. It, it would be similar to if I were to say truly to you, I have a loving family. I have a great and wonderful loving family, but I really don't hang out with them. I, I, I mean, it, it, that would be not only somewhat untrue, but it really, it, it's sort of missing. One of the greatest gifts God has for us is the gift of community. And I realize churches have problems. All churches do. All people do, right? We're all broken. Uh, but uh, I mean, tomorrow morning, I meet with, um, uh, with three other guys. One is 87. One is late 70s. One is a little younger than I am. And we just share life together as brothers in Christ. And that's an important, important part of my life. I really like that. This is why I do this show, why it's called Broken Catholic. I believe we're all broken. We need God and we need each other. That's what it's all about. That's how God set it up. Amen. All right, Mark, uh, what do you got for BC Nation? Anything you're working on? Anything you want to invite them to? You have a gift? What do you got? Yeah, so I'll mention a couple things quickly and both available through the website. One is you'd mentioned the uh, daily devotional that we email out every morning. No charge for that. It's called Life for Leaders. And that's for leaders in all part of life, business leaders, family leaders, community. And basically, we really try to help people discover God's presence and guidance for every part of life. So it, it, folks could sign up for Life for Leaders if they're interested and check it out. And if it's good, they can keep on. If it's not good, they can drop and we won't send them spam for the rest of their life. And the other thing is, uh, you know, we've talked some about the third, third stuff. We're really just beginning to move into that. But if people are interested in the third, third, they want to learn more, or they want to contribute, want to share their story. By contribute, I mean their ideas. I wasn't asking for money right there, but just um, through the Dupree Center website, they can find a way to communicate with us, communicate with me, and I'd love to be uh, in, in conversation with them about third, third. So life for leaders devotion, interest in what God has to say for the third, third of life. Mm, so powerful. And BC Nation, take Mark up on that invitation and, and those gifts that he's given you at no charge. Really invest in yourself. It's the best investment ever. And maybe this investment is simple. It's just take some of your time, five minutes, go to his website, Dupree.org, find this content um, and experience it and let God work through you 
um, and in you, right? And I'd like to invite you as well. I got something for you. Uh, if you like my 10 mindset shifts um, to really uh, experience and uh, to really surrender to God, and you're in that third third of your life, like Mark is saying, and, and you don't know how to uh, access God's will for you, God's plan. I'm going to give you over the next 10 days an email a day um, free of charge. And, and we're going to explore one question per day. And it's the questions that have been keeping you up at night for the last 20, 30, 40 years. And I'm going to give you solutions to each of those questions. So you could get that at josephwarren.net. Uh, just click on get access now. And that's totally free of charge. So Mark Roberts, Dr. Mark Roberts, we got to put in the doctor there. That's important. You worked hard for that. Um, I just want to say thank you for being on Broken Catholic. You showed up powerfully, my friend. Thank you for what you're doing uh, in helping men and women in the third third of their life realize that God's just starting with them. He's got a big plan. Um, and all they have to do is acknowledge, repent, and surrender to really turn that corner and discover this whole new life of vitality that he has for them. So thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thanks, Joseph. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do 
counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.